Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Cops Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Why the Last Man. This is episode four of season one, Heron and Benji, directed by Destiny. I'm going to try not to butcher this. Ragra. That's as close as I can get. <laughs> Teleplay by Donetta Lavinia Grace. I gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I am liking the trajectory thus far. I wondered if they were going to get bogged down in the politics. And then this episode, they pretty much answered my question. And I'm glad to see that because while the politics was definitely an influence and we checked in with it throughout most of the comics, the main story arcs are what is unfolding between Yorick and Hero's story. So that we're coming back to it after a lot of the politics for the first three episodes, I think makes a lot of sense. And I hope that they continue the good pace that they've established this season. I have a lot of faith in this show because I can tell that they have a lot of respect and love of the comics and they're doing so much good things even in small ways that pay homage and I, I I can't get enough of it I love coming to record these podcasts every week I need to hear of a season two very shortly or I might just lose my shit so we start this recap with agent 355 she is channeling her Bessie Smith in an opening scene that sounds as if the actress Ashley Romans is actually doing the vocalization work. In the now, she is in this fantasy walking around through the woods. It seems as if maybe she's sleepwalking. At night, it leads to a huge drop off where she has no shoes on and could have easily died. Under pressure. What was smart about this is because Agent 355 is not going to easily talk about herself. So to understand, or at least the audience, to get inside her head and see where it's not at at the current moment is a good way to give the character some development away from York. She also would not be sharing the same type of worries or concerns about what just unfolded with him. So it is something that almost feels as if it's an isolated thing. I definitely can understand if that was a complaint. Like, what is that? What does that mean? (laughs) But it is a good way to see that she is herself a different person than who she portrays. During the day, Yorick is explaining how capuchins, is that how you say the word, are smart and can be trained to help paralegics. And that Amperson is a rescue from experimentation. Agent 355 grabs her necklace. And I forgot to mention that necklace when she retrieved it. Because that is an important thing regarding the character too. And says a silent prayer to not shank York for his insistent chattering. I came in like a wrecking ball. She is so obviously stuck between being polite. And also trying to not curse him the fuck out. He asks how she slept. She doesn't answer. He asks for food. She tells him we have to ration. He says how quiet it is. She tells him. Ah! 
relationship is definitely strained it's contentious <laughs> a lot of witty banter is thrown at each other she's like do you know how to use this yeah i know how to use a wrench like i'm a man of course i know how to use a wrench but that is something that is not to be taken for granted at this point in time so many of the, the little subtle plays adhere between the sexes and she asks him to unscrew some bolts while she does the much more complicated work like building a backup generator from helicopter parts that she learned how to do in Iraq. Everything is about Iraq. He calls her, he says, Lady Miss Bergen. She says, Do not call me Miss Bergen or Lady. My name is 355. He asks how that works. She says, It's by design. She doesn't expound on it any further, which irks him because. He's probably the type of person that a lot of people genuinely just like. He has that persona where you never really had to struggle with someone probably giving him a negative. I'm not, I'm not saying he probably never had anyone be rude to him or anything like that. But people have a tendency to either be likable or unlikable. And he most likely was a very likable person so this other person that feels very shut off and not charmed by him and seems to be constantly passive passive aggressively throwing judgment <laughs> in his way even though she's not giving any indication of that until much later in the episode where she finally lets loose some words being stuck with that individual is probably a new experience for yorick when he pushes the Iraq story and what will happen when two choppers are found missing, she explains that they will know that the two were stolen by the women that are dead, confirming she killed them also by design. And I know that Karen, I know it's not her name, Karen, and because we had a character named Karen, know that I'm not referencing her, but you know who I'm meaning. Kim, is that her name? <laughs> we gave her Kim for Karen had to give her a K name she's not gonna forget 355's blackface missing from the president's side sam and hero are on their way to dc and stop at a home for a brief respite in pennsylvania in the barn they find a vehicle but on the way hero brings up the titular characters who she was not fond of when her mom tried to get her to make friends with people of the elite class she wasn't that type of person i really like the changes they're making with hero's character it adds layers even more so than the than who we got in the comics just based on some of the very small changes they've made to her before the the big apocalypse happened and i really like the addition of sam i think that that's going to be one of the the better storylines to follow as far as trajectory goes sam is ecstatic to find this vehicle because that means that they could be in dc by tomorrow <laughs> she begs for one night instead because she needs to wrap her head around seeing her mother instead of sacrificing for someone who is sacrificing and has sacrificed for her i love her consistent behavior of selfishness it's been shown to be apparent 
in the first episode and how she's going to have to deal with who she is and has been for however many years i mean look at her she's a homewrecker she takes drugs everything is in the i am chaos and create chaos persona that you could be but now she has someone that is depending on her in a way that possibly she's not had before i also don't like that moniker despite it me using it because it was used in this show of homewrecker i used it because it was used in this episode but because whenever it's a woman it's a homewrecker like oh you destroyed it i'm like no it was his dick and he was married to her they made vows <laughs> i just don't have disclaimers or that's what she could say while stoned she uh admits that she killed mike not killed mike but she was with mike <laughs> when he was killed not that she killed him i'm thinking more people are going to turn to drugs in these times this mean being the most benign drug you can turn to you she calls mom jennifer instead of mom and that she told her when she admitted she was dating a married man that she is selfish cruel with no regard for anyone else's life but her own a little bit later you understand that her mother's just not being a bitch in this situation <laughs> she knows her daughter back in the woods york continues to watch videos of beth when 355 comes back from a run and she's contributing he's sitting on his ass thinking about when things were good oh this isn't porn this is just me and my girlfriend she dismissed <laughs> all desire to want to know or see what his previous life was like stripping down and telling him to do the same excuse me what the eh? now there is no intentional sexual chemistry in this scene despite as much as i already shipped the fuck out of them however there's a lot of tension 355 also has a way of just slaying you nakedly with her eyes <laughs> i know york's masculinity has to feel a little shriveled because he says you know it's cold she's like i'm gonna take your clothes down to the lake and wash them oh no i'm good thank you you smell like monkey and ass um i need you to strip down i'm going to wash your clothes he tries once again oh i don't want it to be distracting for the mission you know if you have sexy thoughts she's like uh yeah unlikely <laughs> i'm sure at that point his balls just <laughs> curled up into his insides then he's like okay we'll turn around and she blatantly refuses and they give him the look like what are we waiting for <laughs> hello yes it's meant to be weird and uncomfortable your feelings are correct don't worry she then throws a bag at him tells him to change into something clean before returning his phone like everything else is fucked in the world and you're talking about your cell phone boy is just my type too he's just my ripped i don't like too many muscles but i really like the scene because she's clearly still going through some things that so she went through a run and she's trying to contain control over the situation which in turn means that 
he continues to deal with what he was talking about with his mom like come on i know you love me and everything because i'm your son but he's fully aware of his rather useless bit of contribution to the world right now considering being the most contributing factor to it did i say that right hopefully i did sam goes back to the barn to find the car has been sabotaged by hero though she isn't taking blame just standing there looking like um they make their way to a store where she sees a card that says dad and that's another factor we have not really talked about too much other than your kind of glossing over it just a bit is that they did lose their father and neither have really digested that loss they aren't staying anywhere so hero recommends where they came from to sam's when they run into nora and mac who are sleeping in the store and mac's leg is infected she offers to help drain it and then she says she needs to rest and will take her to where they just came from back to 355 just as she is about to shoot a rabbit by the stream after she's washing york's clothes she hears sounds near the camp and finds two women salvaging through her shit instead of backing the hell off they quote Anne frank and ask too many damn questions she said best of luck danger danger i don't fit in i'm a stranger believe her believe her i can take out all the evil York scares them away, donning his mask to avoid recognition, but Agent 355 thinks they need to establish ground rules. He agrees, don't make me strip. That really hurt my feelings. I know part of her was like, we still on that? No, fool, that's not what I meant. I need you not to wander off and not to talk to anyone. Then she says, do you got a problem? Need to get something off your chest? And he pouts and says, well, you said don't talk to anybody, so i'm gonna be a child then they both are angry she is struck by how unbelievably naive he is putting himself in danger by not assessing situations and thinking he can curtail the body count um but and we explore this a little bit later he is feeling some guilt because these people are being killed on his behalf because of his secret they get to the market where Stady's wives have established law and order to which many are grateful even if it means they can take whatever they want she is able to exchange the generator and a grenade for a bike but then york thinks he sees beth and runs after her and this is what she was talking about earlier you don't think things through and that puts other people in danger so when i have to kill them that really is based on your very impulsive actions then he runs into a group of stadies i'm not surprised motherfuckers they unmask him but at least he saved it or tried to by pretending to be trans they go for the monkey but 355 shows up and kicks everybody's ass hold up i'm busy killing these bitches and now the word is out that a man has been sighted they get away on the bike but just barely because the woman hesitated and shot the wrong person who's probably dead now due to yorick when they stop he's like i dropped my phone we have to go back all i want you to do is send an ambulance because i'm gonna bust a cap in these fools 
this causes her to unleash her frustration calling him an entitled prick i'm kind of paraphrasing here who's believed from birth he's special and given shit his whole life and now he actually is special and he needs to really be smarter get your shit together get it all together and put it in a backpack all your shit so it's together she told him to run he gonna stop and watch her talking about oh shit they gonna say well everything doesn't have to be solved by you going all rambo because when people die it's kind of my fault which is the whole point of this conversation (laughs) and because he can't reconcile that he has nothing else to say so they are both stuck with this very contentious dynamic duo partnership where he says fuck it let's go and she did say i don't owe you shit you keep saying i owe you something that right there that's not true and because you are an entitled penis you think that that is true (laughs) like i have to give you my companionship because we are on the same journey together no i don't nora almost steps on a toy cat in the room that mac is sleeping in but she likes it because she's still a child nora explains this was a place for domestic violence hero acts like she was being chivalrous to sam's discontent and clearly has been hitting pharmacies for drugs because she got everything that can make you high she introduces herself to nora as karen and benji she introduces sam as benji and it's clear she intends to stay here instead of going to dc as she talks to sam a little bit later nora does berate herself for having been mugged and for leaving dc to begin with because she was trying to reach her sister that is a doctor in baltimore who wasn't there hero crawls in bed with sam to tease him until he's dough in her hands once again and we find out maybe why that is when things turn sexual and he's not totally not into it but he does end the interaction did he have an erection is it wrong for me to want to ask that question he doesn't want her to go and completely know she sabotaged the vehicle while nora cries outside she sees three horsemen coming over the horizon which is pretty damn scary and i love the way this was shot a lot of really good scenes maybe the one by the on the bridge a little too long (laughs) watching them drive away like i was expecting someone to show up it was so long but a lot of the other scenes in this episode were really well shot they take them all of them out to the barn because when it comes between an axe and a gun the gun wins and prepare to kill them but upon hearing jody is sick nora thinks quick and offers up hero services wow they really was gonna massacre them including a child for doing nothing except being in the house i'm not sure what that means because they mention it a lot later there's also discussed that sam would choose to be a man i have questions about this a little bit later especially when they're like oh we'll kill her first it's clear the women feel a certain way about men being around now they mention a leader named roxanne is it going to be happy about this when they all get back to the location that they're at finding jody's shot when she needs sam's help she can't help but or he can't help but jumping her ass 
I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Cause I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. I think the difference is Hero is rather down with giving zero fucks in this new world as long as she's comfortable and well fed and by the way she was looking at the end of this episode <laughs> I don't think Sam's gonna get to DC anytime soon by the fire 355 hands your cards and asks to see a magic trick he at first declines as he is an escape artist and card tricks are beneath him she's like fuck it he's like no you're giving me an olive branch and I totally know that and does manage to impress her with one hell of a trick, I must say. Her card was Queen of Hearts. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. And you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. He apologizes, but she says forget about it. We both said some things. I'm not saying the word sorry, but I'm going to give you this deck of cards. <laughs> she does agree to help him find his girlfriend after they go see the doctor. So my guess is their next trip is to Ohio. I wonder if I'm going to see anything familiar in Cleveland. They will reach their destination tomorrow. So they're making really good time. She also explains they didn't land in the city because, you know, people will notice. Jody doesn't seem to be making it when Roxanne shows up and shoots her dead. Roxanne, you don't have to and I'm with her. It was an act of mercy. You already saw the gloves coming off. Like we've done all we can do. Doesn't look like she's going to make it. This was an interesting exchange. And for the first time, I started suspecting Nora. Because there was definitely a whisper between the women, right? When she first got there. But we didn't hear what that conversation was. Then she chastises the other women for treating the people who tried to help Jody with disrespect. And that we never not try to help a child. She tells them that they will help the girl get her some antibiotics. And then they can be on their way. Or Sam and Hero are like, we can be on our way. Because, you know, now that they found somewhere to be, we don't have to be here. Especially with how they keep bringing up how Sam is not okay. And how they were in the house. And there was no dead bodies in the house. So where did all the women go? So they offered to dip out, but then the girl that was most adamant about them not staying is like, no, it's too dangerous out there and that we have food and beds. In my, do they have food? Now this ending scene really got me interested in what's happening with Nora because there was a big jump from where we saw her last to where we see her now she keeps mum about who Karen quote-unquote mother is but she knows that secret for herself like I know you're the daughter of the president and there's something about the idea that she's been mugged she's been pushed around the fact that that administration, her mother's administration, would consider her not worthy. One could say she is a woman that wants to feel in control to regain some power. 
over her situation and what is that gonna look make her do now that so much so it is clear that if you are going to survive in this world you need to be in a position of power and you also need to be or have something worthwhile to give or exchange so the daughter of the president that's a big deal and i think that she's keeping that car close to her vest because that's her ace up her sleeve so really good episode i cannot wait to see how things unfold we do have feedback so let's hop on into the mailbag Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Why the Last Man. Um, this one's episode four, and I'm coming at you hot because <laughs> it's Tuesday, and I just got through watching the episode. So these are my truly initial, uh, fresh off the press thoughts on the episode. I really enjoyed this episode um, for different reasons. So we're starting to see the characters, uh, the ones that are not in the White House. Of course, we didn't get that. This one, um, Hero and Yurik, their journeys as they, you know, one is going to the geneticist and supposedly... (laughs) Hero was uh, supposed to be going to in search of her mother and all that, you know, because Sam is wanting the help and trying to get the uh, medication, testosterone medication that he needs to continue with his um, transition. And so, yes, but before we get to all that, we have the most unexpected beginning to an episode that I can recall in quite a while I did not I I mean and for and for a minute there I was like is this I had to look to make sure I was watching the episode because I'm like what is going on here it's a musical um and then of course I see 355 looking beautiful in this dress and makeup her hair did up and she's singing and dancing with this great voice. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I like it because I know I know that's, that's not your cup of tea. But yes, uh, I was not uh, I was not mad. And so, of course, I was again, I'm not mad, but I was confused. Like what's happening? But then, of course, um, we get. Um, 355, I'll call her 3552, uh, just to keep it, you know, quick. Um, seems like she's daydreaming or not, you know, sleepwalking, but is she, is this a memory or is this a dream? Um, because this is not the type of life. Sorry, some loud anyway vehicle outside anyway i mean this is not the type of life i would have thought was her backstory 
as a <laughs> performer. So I'm thinking that is just a dream. Like she's dreaming of a beautiful, like some people do dream of something beautiful and something that keeps them at peace or whatever. So I'll be completely surprised if this is actually a memory. Um, so I'm leaning towards the other. Um, then we got Hero. I tell you, this this woman is... Her and Sam's relationship is just so complex, a lot more complex than even I originally thought. We see her, again, just sabotaging um, things along the way, trying to stall, um, like the car, uh, just not being completely honest and open with Sam because she's not wanting to go. So she's doing little things here and there to try to prolong the inevitable and and the way she the way she's seeing it and then of course she's talking about staying where they were you know just trying to build a life even though she knows sam is uh not about that and wanting to go in search of her mom so they can hopefully get more of the medication that sam needs um but yeah and then of course we see them kissing and so they have a very um, complex relationship for sure. Um, again, I don't know if it's like that in the comics, but here we are. Um, then, uh, of course, we got Yurik and 355, and we see their dynamic, continue to see their dynamic as they uh, learn about each other, get to know each other. There's tension and um mistrust a little bit in the beginning by Yorick because of uh, or is it mistrust I don't know if that's the right word but um suspicion or whatever um because he figured out what really happened with those pilots so yes and now I don't know why I had such a, a brain fart moment I mean it should have been it was obvious but I don't know I guess I was still questioning it like I don't know maybe maybe but yeah, you, you set me straight on that one in your last podcast, um, which, I, of course, I should have known better. Um, so, yeah, so there's the tension between them at first. And then, you know, we got <laughs> uh, 355 telling um, Yurik to, to strip. And he's like, uh, turn around. Don't want you to get too tempted by my sexiness. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. As if, I mean, yes, you are good looking, Yurik, but let's let's not be full of ourselves. Um, of course, again, we have Yurik just being reckless and stupid and thinking he saw Beth and running off and getting himself in trouble, exposing himself. I'm like, dude, this is the next episode. What is this? Not even too far after they left and you're already <laughs> getting yourself in trouble like can you not please stick with i mean i know you don't know 355 that well but obviously she's trying to look out for your best interests and doing all the things to keep you alive for y'all to survive and you're just off doing just the things that she talked about i mean she was just so spot on when she was talking about how he needed to grow the hell up and uh you know he's always had stuff handed to him and now that you know, I know there was a little bit of, um, a little bit of, you know, I don't know, distaste is the right word, disgust that, 
and you described it in your last podcast that this is the last man. This is what we have to work with. Um, but <clears throat> again, I look forward to, <clears throat> excuse me, I look forward to their, how their relationship evolves. And it looks like it's starting to do so there at the end of this one. They were really um, just feeling each other out, trying to find some common ground and, you know, just going from there. And <clears throat> she's telling him that, you know, he's going to, she's going to get him to the scientist so they can figure it out. And then after that, they're going to, she's going to help him find Beth and I think that's kind of like their little truce moment that you know they both apologize and all that stuff so that was really nice um and then we have Hero who ran into some uh extreme people and I'm like why did they have to kill him just you know you got you got what you came for I don't understand that extreme reaction to finding people like you got to kill everybody you find that you run into <clears throat> but it sounds like they came from that DV shelter that um, Nora was talking about. So um, I guess they're a little, uh, what's the word? I'm having a hard time coming up with words today. Long day at work. Uh, antsy, fidgety, you know, about strangers and all that stuff. Um, and it sounds like one of the husbands got at the uh, the girl that <laughs> Roxanne ended up shooting. I'm like, dang. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess she would have died, but, and I guess that was a mercy killing, <laughs> but dang, she was like, okay, I'm not playing these games, we, you know, it's like survival of the fittest, uh, yeah, so, and then of course, like, they're in some type of a Costco, so, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of food. And nobody has, how did does nobody else know about this warehouse or wherever they're at with all this food? No one's, I guess they do know that it's there. That's why they got all them guns to defend it. So very interested um, in this storyline and all this is all about. And of course, Nora was able to tell uh hero that she knows exactly who she is because i was wondering about that like shouldn't she know she know the congresswoman congresswoman uh, aka uh madam president so shouldn't she know her kids uh so yeah we got that in uh in the end so very very excited about this series i'm sad that it's only 10 episodes um so I'm just going to enjoy it and hope and pray for a second season because I am loving what I'm seeing so far. So until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. Girl, I'm waiting every day. I'm looking for that season two renewal. <laughs> like, don't you dare make me wait until episode 10 or months after. Don't you do it. And this is a pretty good show you can do that works well with the new COVID rules because you can have characters in isolated places and scenes are going to be more abandoned. I mean, it's pretty much prime real estate if you're someone pitching a show right now because you can work within the parameters of COVID and still make it highly successful. Um... Yeah, the opening really was the actress, Ashley, and that's the name of my sister. (laughs) 
<laughs> just realized that in that moment uh her singing so yeah i thought it was a uh a strong and i even watched the whole scene i didn't have a instant repulsed reaction as i usually do when i see musicals but i, I you know there's sometimes a few can get slick things way past me and this is one of them but it is, as I was stating, a contrast to the woman that she is on the outside to imagine she's on the inside or part of her psyche or part of who she really is, is this bubbly, smiling, singing, <laughs> jazz singer, just talking about love. So very interesting. And I think that hero wanted Sam to abandon her but she couldn't abandon him and now he's rather stuck because he can't abandon her because i believe their feelings are more complicated than either of them really have explored sam is not in the comics he is a new character for the show and they're going to be making changes to the comics so i'm i'm on board with that as i've stated previously i think that it makes sense we can go ahead and if anyone's read the comics no change that ending <laughs> but part of what made the comic so beautiful is because of that ending so i'm on a teeter hooks for that and that's all i'll say i'm just gonna make generalizations i did start reading volume one i didn't get far <laughs> because life but i completely forgot how we were introduced to dr man I recall the broad strokes of the comics, but not all the details. And I will have to give Yorick a little bit of just to play devil's advocate for him. He is mentally facing the same trauma as every other woman, except he doesn't have another female to um, empathize with or sympathize with at all that would understand what he is going through. So in a way he is going to be prone to making some of these mistakes because he one doesn't fully understand the scale or even if he does there's part of his psyche that's in denial of it because once that comes once he realizes that you know what is there left um there was this statement about ptsd in for all mankind very good line about how there's a there's a dark hole and i don't want to go down that dark hole because if i do the monster's gonna get me so it's kind of that for a lot of these characters and it's even more so for him but it's true he needs to grow the fuck up and understand that everyone else is dealing with the same amount of trauma or dealing with a different trauma too and yet they're forging ahead and the thing is women are more adept to doing so i mean we feel trauma physically and mentally more than men just in the natural order of things now of course experience like a man going off the war well sure yeah that's gonna be a different experience but 
women just have there, there is a lot of stress in the burgeoning of the stress in dealing with it they're more just more prone to it i'm saying like i'm not a woman are more prone to handling that and we're more prone to seeing and being taught how to like those are conversations your mama be having all the time especially if you got a black mama they be like telling you all the time uh life ain't gonna be glad uh, happy to you like the world is not gonna treat you good so you better get out there and fucking suck it up i'm glad i'm not the only person that get frogs in their throat and in times like these i've watched the walking dead 10 whole fucking seasons before i stopped so i'm very familiar with how or i've watched a good for all that show has its problems they do good do a great job of deconstructing the world after a catastrophic event where the infrastructure fails there's no more Uh, electric except for very small areas things become warfare very quickly so while i was too appalled depending on how things deteriorated in certain areas like you can imagine pennsylvania uh if you aren't know anything about pennsylvania demographics already high on the crime rate (laughs) so those areas are probably going to be uh, they're going to go into um into a gorilla zone very quickly where supplies are going to be hoarded and the people who have them have the power and the people who have guns and weapons and skills it's no longer necessarily about who you are unless you're the daughter of the president but about what you can bring of importance to make you you be valuable to the group and if you're not it's very much us us versus them i remember rick grimes came into alexandria and was like uh we just gonna take over this bitch ain't nobody did nothing he was like if they don't let us we gonna slit their throat we gonna say we gonna slit their throat but rick was like i'm we really gonna slit slit their throat not only that sometimes people just do it because they want to going back to i know you never watched walking dead but (laughs) you're getting all the analogies glenn who uh says that i can tell you that she didn't mean it but i wanted to kill her anyway so you have a lot of that anger a lot of that resentment and people put it in unhealthy places especially when everything else falls apart they fall apart morality falls apart the thing that's keeping us civilized is very thin that's why religion is heavily influenced as a cult to guide moralistic behavior in society because they fear without religion that a society can't be or hold itself up to the morals that we've been living with all this time i think at some point it can balance itself out but that's pretty much what precipitated it so yeah it's gonna be interesting seeing even in a all-female society how easily we revert back to an animalistic type of behavior we we saw that last episode I, i briefly talked about that scene but when 
they were all talking about the constitution you saw the one lady in the room say you can't just ignore the constitution just because it doesn't suit your purposes and then what did they do walking out of that room fuck that we ain't having that crazy lady run this country fuck the constitution so the rules that are used to be applied are they're becoming wavy so it's gonna be a slippery slope going ahead and that is our feedback for this week hopefully mimi will catch up and we'll be back by next week (laughs) because she's missing out on a really good show if you want to send feedback blackgirlcouch.gmail.com you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic